Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Yoga Plus app. Uh, It's a phone app for all of your yoga needs, whether you're a beginner or an intermediate or an advanced yoga practitioner or yogi, as they call them. Uh, It's got everything you need. We've got huge 30-day series that are geared towards enhancing your flexibility, towards weight loss, kind of whatever you're looking to do. Um, There's tons of videos on there, hundreds and hundreds of videos, all perfect for whatever you need. So definitely go check that out. Uh, We are also brought to you today by Serene Team, which is Psyche Truth's new website, new web application that's uh, all about relaxing and serenity and all about bringing you just that peace of mind and de-stressing. Um, so there's hundreds of videos on there to help you out with that as well. So make sure you go check that out at serene.team. So today on the show, we have Jill Stevenson of Adult Care Austin. She's a wellness and nutrition coach. And so she came in today basically to talk about ketogenic, the ketogenic lifestyle or the keto diet that uh, has gotten really popular lately. Uh, So she talks about her personal experience with keto and why it might be a good idea for other people to look into it as well. So it was a really, really cool podcast. Uh, Jill was super nice and had a lot of really great information to share. So yeah, enjoy the show. Um, One last thing, please, if you can, make sure you leave us a review. Leave us a review for the Wellness Plus podcast on whatever you're listening on. That way we're able to improve and kind of get a little bit more of your feedback. So please leave us a review. It would help us out a ton. So thank you very much. And yeah, guys, enjoy the show. give us a little background as to, I guess, where your weight issues began. Sure. Um, Well, to start with, um, my mother struggled with her weight her whole life. So growing up, there was always lots of sweets around, lots of desserts, lots of um, carbs, right? And I never went to bed at night without a big bowl of ice cream or popcorn. So my weight issues started very, very young. Mm. Um, and so as I came out of high school um, and got out into the world on my own, I wanted to really get my weight down. And this was a time when people were not overweight to speak of. So um, my first program I ever tried was Dr. Atkins. His book had just come out. It was the 70s. And it made sense to me. And I followed the program. And I lost a lot of weight. Okay. And it felt really good. I don't know why I got off of that program. Um, I think I just thought of it more as a diet Mm -hmm. and just a way to get some weight off. We don't think about what it's actually doing in our body, why it's so good for us, etc. So, uh, of course, I put my weight back on and then struggled for years doing everything from working out, a lot of lot of working out at the gym, which really doesn't help with weight loss, but we thought it did. Weight Watchers, several different times with Weight Watchers. And, of course, they change their program up every few years. So right. you keep going back to see if the new one will work. And they all worked. Um, I did Jenny Craig. Um, South Beach Diet uh, followed some of the other fad-type things that came out, the trending things whenever they right. would come out. We always got the book, read it, and tried it. Mm-hmm. So of, the, of all of them, I think Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig – were at that time my my best. I always had success with them. I always got my weight down, felt great. But somehow it was not a way in which I could maintain. Mm-hmm. Right? And then uh, Weight Watchers, of course, went to point systems and nothing about that made any sense to me. How, uh, uh, you put some point system on a food product and you're not learning anything. I mean, mm-hmm. it really comes down to understanding nutrition and what that does inside your body. Right. And then having something sustainable that you can maintain. It's, um, it's, the, it's the challenge in our society today, still. Right. Because there's still a lot of mixed messages about what is nutrition, what should you do. And people still are going to programs where they lose a lot of weight, and then they put it all back on. Right. And I've seen it a lot. And just... 
you brought a picture here of, <laughs> of yourself. Um, it's hard to believe because looking at you now, you're so slender. Thank you. It would just, you know, when I, if I were to just meet you, I would think, oh, she's just a slender woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess what was your highest weight? So that just was probably my highest, and I think I was about 185. Okay. Yeah. And then um, can you talk a little bit more about, I guess, the Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and um, why did you, because you ended up commenting that they weren't sustainable weight loss. Right. <laughs> can right. you talk a little bit about right. why? So in both of those programs, they reduce calories. It's a calorie restricted program. Um, it goes along with the belief that we've been told um, about um, calories in, calories out, um, eat less, move more. That has not worked. Look at what's happening to our society, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the same idea. They reduce you down to a certain level of calories, and most of them are based on about a 1,200 calorie program. 1,200? A day. <laughs> And, That's um, not very much food. No, it's not. But, you know, when you want to lose weight, you can do anything for right. a certain period of time. But what happens when you reduce calories down that much, you also lower your metabolism. So it's kind of like you go on a budget and you're trying to stay within that budget. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden you start turning the lights off at the house. You start conserving how much water you're using. You start looking at the things you're spending money on and and reduce it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of thing with calories. All of a sudden you reduce those calories down, there's your low budget. Your body, which is a miracle, by the way, it, mm -hmm. the things, the complexities of our bodies are just miracles. So what it does is it lowers your metabolism. It says we're not getting the same amount of energy in, so we're gonna reduce our energy requirements. And of course the body has uh, priorities for mm -hmm. energy, which is to keep the blood pumping, the heart working, the brain functioning, all that. So there's a certain amount of calories that it needs every day. Right. So then you restrict it and, and it will reduce the energy to what it needs. Mm -hmm. Then you get done, you get your weight off, you're feeling good and you want to start eating more again and you start eating more. But the, the metabolism doesn't return. So oh, now wow. you're, you're going to gain weight back. That's called yo-yo dieting. That's what we've all done for many years now, and wow. people are still doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, just uh, as you're kind of talking about that, there's that concept of triage, you know, where they're just going to choose the absolute most important functions to put the energy towards. Exactly. So like you said, your, your heart beating, your brain functioning, these really like core survival mm -hmm. things. Yeah. But then suddenly these other aspects of our health, like maybe our immune system or just our, um, you know, the skin is, is a really big one that people mm -hmm. think of largely just because it's what everyone sees. Sure. You know, we can't exactly tell how our liver function is doing or how our right. whatever, things that are internal. Um, but a lot of times those types of issues manifest in our skin, um, and it's just an example of one of those maybe like survival functions exactly. that starts to go. Exactly. Uh, and I get that question a lot in my health coaching mm -hmm. where people will say, oh, you know, I'm doing this diet and it's great and I'm losing weight, but my skin. <laughs> yeah, or my um, hair. Yeah. Or my, yeah, all those things. Yeah, so sure. so it's, uh, it's, I think, an important point to to kind of give, you know, when we talk about a 2000 calorie diet, we're talking about supplying the body with all of this energy mm -hmm. for a ton of different functions. Right. Um, so right. yeah, once, you know, if we're going to talk about calorie restriction, uh, you can just start taking some of those less survival, Everything. crucial functions, right. and right. they will just start to go and people are getting sick more often right. or right. other health issues. come. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, when when was it that you became a nutrition coach and started to really delve into um, not just counting the calories but maybe looking at where the calories are coming yeah. from? Yeah. So um, I had I had uh, gone through a, the latest trending program <laughs> at the time. This was 2011, and uh, I had actually lost weight with Jenny Craig, uh, about 40 pounds, and this was the first time in my life I kept that weight off. It was three years of hell to keep that weight off. I kid you not. It was food diaries calculating everything I ate, find out if I had enough whatever calories left to have a glass of wine, right? And then not have it if I, if I didn't. That, it was 
it was obsessive compulsive, and it was the only way I could keep it off. Anyway, then I found this other program. I still had about 10 pounds I wanted to lose, so I started this other program. And this program is what started me on the keto journey because mm -hmm. it was a ketosis-based program, um, which means that you're converting your body from being a sugar burner to being a fat burner, fat being the fat you have stored, mm -hmm. and dietary fat. So that program worked pretty well. But again, it was a program that um, is pre-packaged. Pre it's set up. You don't think about anything. You don't learn anything as far as nutrition. So they have coaches in the program that help you mm -hmm. and hopefully are educating you as you go through the program about ketosis, about food and nutrition, et cetera. So I did that program, and I, I thought it was the first one I really had that clicked. So I became a coach. I inquired and they hired me in and that's where I've been for seven and a half years coaching people through the program. So for me, once I got my weight off and I was a coach, now I'm, I'm walking and talking it every day so that made it a little easier. Right? Mm -hmm. I am trying to inspire people and help them stay with what they're doing. But I was also struggling because uh, that program also in their maintenance brings a lot of carbohydrates back and you get these freedom to eat a free day. And well, a lot of us are addicted to food. There's a right. big part of what goes on between emotional eating and addiction that isn't addressed in any of these programs. So I had to find another way to keep my weight down and I wanted to stay with something that was a ketosis-based program and through my uh, research online, I came across keto. And this was back when there wasn't as much information as there is now. Mm -hmm. um, people were still thinking that was kind of a crazy idea. And um, because it was so similar to Atkins, I, right. knew, I knew the concept. I knew it was going to be the right thing. So uh, I, I couldn't read enough or watch enough or study enough about it. Um, and, and so I did real well with it. I started watching all of our patients coming back through our program for the second time because they'd lose their weight and gain their weight back. Mm. And so um, the doctor I work for, got he's very open-minded. He got involved with the keto as well as far as understanding it. And so what we started doing is um, showing people how to do keto after they got their weight off with the other program. And we started having success with that, mm. a lot more success. And so, I mean, it would break my heart to see people come back in after losing 100 pounds mm -hmm. and then gain it all back. So the yeah. keto program worked for many, many people. And um, then I started doing a little uh, coaching as well at the office. If somebody didn't want to do the other program, then I would work with people for keto. Okay. Yeah. Um, and can you talk about maybe some of the differences between Atkins and keto now that you've you know, have experience with both. Yeah, yeah. so the biggest um, difference is there's, there's macros. There's percentage of the macros that you have or you should goal to have every day. With Atkins, it was eat these foods and you'll lose weight. Um, eat to, till you're satisfied, right? Um, that's a hard one for people, especially if they are um, metabolically challenged and um, they're insulin resistant and leptin isn't working right for them, etc. So, um, but it, it, you can get there. So, um, Atkins just said eat until you're satisfied and then don't eat again until you're hungry. But the foods themselves were basically the same. Um, whole foods, no processed foods, get the sugar and the wheat out of your diet, um, eat, eat fatty foods, eat real food, so whole cream, you know, all get rid of the low fat, low mm -hmm. sugar, all that, right? So that's really the only difference. Um, with what they've learned over the years uh, is that fat, dietary fat, um, is really key in the process, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning, because it satiates us. So we're not as hungry, we don't require as much food. A lot of people, critics will say, well, there's no way you're eating way too many calories on that with all that fat. But what you find is that you maybe only eat twice a day. I can go from morning until 2, 3 o'clock sometimes without eating at all. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't even think about it because I'm, my body is a, what you would call a full-on uh, fat burner. I'm mm -hmm. completely adapted. So 
my body only uses fat as a resource for energy. Okay. And so at this time, are you still practicing, like, I guess, a fairly strict ketogenic diet? Like, very limited carbohydrates? I do, yes. So the carbs I get are always from vegetables. Um, I, it's, I need to get my vegetables in, and we need to get those carbs. So that's the only place I get um, carbs, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, I'll make a keto dessert to take to somebody's house or whatever, and I'll get a little of the extra carbs there. But for the most part, yeah, daily. Um, I stick very close to it. Um, my parents were both um, diabetics mm-hmm. and, in the end, lost their life to being oh. diabetics. Um, so I don't want to go down that road. Mm-hmm. And I also now have a sister who has been diabetic and fought me for years about keto and finally did it. And um, she's done fabulous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about your parents. Yeah. And, Um, you know, they got diabetes late in life. And in those days, it was called adult onset diabetes. mm -hmm. That's where most people got diabetes was late in life. And that's not true anymore. Right. We see it every day. Yeah. And actually that adult onset diabetes, they had to change the name to type 2 yeah. because, because children were developing and now diabetes. more than ever. Now more than ever. Yeah. Um, so from the perspective of, you know, somebody out there who's maybe had a similar journey, mm-hmm. I think this yo-yo dieting and mm-hmm. trying all of the different diets is something that a lot of us have done. Sure. Um, what, I guess, guidance maybe could you offer to them or, or motivation? Um, because once you've gone through that process of losing weight and mm-hmm. then it comes back, it can be really difficult to be like, okay, well, now I'm going to try it again. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's really part of the coaching aspect of it. And I, and I deal with people every day like that, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, it's, for me, it's, it's a lot of things. So it's uh, helping them to understand that you're, they're human. They're going to make some mistakes. They beat themselves up so bad whenever they fall off the program. So it's about understanding to accept it, to give yourself permission to love mm. yourself through it, to stand up for yourself. Because um, once people find out you're trying to take control, there's a lot of saboteurs. There's a lot of... Um, people who love us with food and they don't understand how you can not eat something that they've made special for you. Even though it's, they've, you've told them this is not something you can have, they'll make that for you just because they love you and they know you want that, right? Right. So um, that's the biggest thing. I think people struggle with their uh, social um, activities and their, um, their culture and their families. It's the hardest part. Yeah. And certainly that element of, you know, our access to those foods is it's so simple and they're and they're so cheap, you know. Um, So there really does have to be a strong sense of um, purpose, you know, to say, you know, I'm going to make the decision to not stop at one of these 20 different fast food restaurants on the way home. Exactly. Um, And and so there's a lot of discussion about that. It's about um, keeping your goal right in the forefront. You have to always remember what it is. When you're up against um, temptations Mm -hmm. and how to deal with that, walk away from that. If you know you're going in ahead of time, take something with you that you know you can have so that you're not feeling deprived. It's all those um, pitfalls that happen to us every day. And yes, it's all the fast food restaurants. I think that's been um, another big part of the epidemic that we have now is all the fast food restaurants. Um, We can still eat in them. But we have to make really good, careful choices and not be afraid to ask, well, what's in that? Right. <laughs> Is there fillers in that or whatever? Yeah, right. For sure. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the ketogenic diet looks like for you in terms of, you know, what you're eating on a regular basis? Or I get a lot of questions from people, you know, what do I eat if I stop eating carbs? Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. Because, um, okay. uh, yeah, we're, our, uh, our whole lives are based on that now, especially eating out. Uh, we all eat out now. People don't cook so much anymore. Um, so my, um, my diet consists of uh, meat, fish, um, uh, eggs, vegetables, mostly the lower glycemic vegetables, mm-hmm. um, and n- natural fats, 
with um, occasionally I'll have, uh, and especially now where I'm in a maintenance mode, I will have some berries, but it's not high on my list. And mm-hmm. I think everybody has to decide that for themselves. Um, if you're trying to lose weight, you really have to keep the fruit out because fruit is fructose and mm-hmm. it will make you a sugar burner again really fast. Um, once you get into a maintenance level, you can decide how much you want to um, bring your carb up a little bit. So right. you could have that. Um, so for me, I'd stay away from the fruit except for special occasions. And that's mostly because because I do have a strong uh, background of family with diabetes mm. and I don't want to go down that road. Right. So, yeah. So um, fats are a big, important part of it. Natural fats. Um, there are no vegetable fats in my life. Um, I have done enough uh, research on what happens and how natural, uh, how the uh, vegetable fats come into our grocery store, the kinds of things they do to it, the treatments they put them through, the solvents that like they're... vegetable oils yes, and Crisco yes, and all kind that, of thing. all that, and it, it I, I'm cringe at how many times I've used Crisco <laughs> in my life, knowing now. But mostly, what we're looking for is um, natural fats. So you can get it through food, things like avocados and. Um, Uh, eggs and nuts and then you can also get it through of course dairy has good fats our meat has good fats and you could actually do keto without saturated fats I know a lot of people are still afraid of the saturated fats or just have a strong belief it's not good for them that's Mm -hmm. fine Um, if you have a strong belief that um, you don't want to eat animals and the cruelty of cruel cruelty of animals then you can do it as a vegetarian um, there's some really good uh, books out there. There's one particular doctor I follow for that. His name is Dr. Will Cole. Uh, I believe he's in Pennsylvania. He has a he's a functional doctor, and his whole thing is plant-based. I mean, he also likes keto for the other side of it with the meat, but he's just written a book last year called Ketotarian, and it's great. So it allows the vegetarians to stay with their belief system, but add the fat in, mm-hmm. get that fat in, get into ketosis, yeah. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. Right. Um, so being a sugar burner, mm-hmm. being a fat burner, mm-hmm. you know, our bodies uh, opt for the, the easiest path, Always. which is going to be burning that sugar in the bloodstream. Right. Um, so getting into a state of ketosis mm-hmm. where you're actually going to limit that sugar in your bloodstream mm-hmm. to such an extent that the body's forced to burn right. all of the stored energy right. in our right. fat cells. Right. Um, what, I guess, maybe goes into that process or is it as simple as just removing the carbs from your diet? Or are there other elements that go into helping to put your body into ketosis? So the first and foremost thing is just to eliminate the foods that will turn to glucose in your stomach and then move into the bloodstream. Okay, So it takes several days, just at that first initial process, for your body to burn off whatever glucose is still there mm-hmm. um, and, and then decide to go ahead and convert over to fat. Your body likes fat. It wants to burn fat as fuel, both, again, uh, stored fat and dietary fat. It's actually the way we were meant to live, right? So it's not a harmful thing to take the sugar out, but whenever you eat sugar, it's going to immediately grab that first. It's going to take that and convert it and use it for energy. Mm-hmm. Um, problem is we eat so much of it now that it can't, right. it can't use it up, so it gets stored. Um, so, so the first few days of getting into ketosis, it can be a little rough, especially if you are coming from a pretty high-carb uh, diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but after three to five days, usually, we start to see production of ketones, usually um, through the urine. 
and, um, and you're on your way. You may have some complications in that process. They call it the keto flu. Um, what it really comes down to is as, you start, as your liver starts to, to use um, the fat and convert it to ketones, your kidneys then um, start to release fluid, extra fluid that it retains. And along with it goes sodium, potassium, magnesium. And so that can make you feel not so good. Um, usually you can just get through the first few days using plenty of salt. I always say sea salt. Um, using plenty of salt. Um, if you need to add some magnesium, you can. But once you get converted completely over to ketosis, then some of that should go away. Mm -hmm. Now, there are people who use those supplements throughout for the rest of their life, and that's okay, too. Um, we're all different, and right. we have to figure out what works for each of us. Right. So, yeah. And then um, I see a lot of uh, exogenous ketone mm -hmm. type of products mm -hmm. where you would actually take ketones. Um, what are your feelings on that? Okay, well, I have some good feelings on that. <laughs> so I've done a lot of research on it. I even bought them at one time to try them out. Um, I'm always experimenting with all the newest stuff. Um, and then did a lot of research on it. And th um, the, the keto community is 50-50 um, on it. Uh, my feelings is that if I want to lose weight, I want to burn my own ketones. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to bring ketones in. I want to produce my own. And if my body is... Um, in the right place as far as the uh, food I'm taking in, then it's going to make its own ketones. So I don't want to do exogenous. I think the people that like the exogenous are bodybuilders, and okay. they may need that, right? So they're, they're doing intense exercise, and so adding some ketones in helps them. Right. Um, the unfortunate part is that the other side of it is people want to go out on the weekend and party and drink their beer and have their carbs and, and then they don't want to suffer through the keto flu again so they take the exogenous ketones which help them to not have the possible headaches and the brain fog and the those are the things that come from getting into ketosis right, right. so there's that yeah interesting yeah um and then in that situation where they want to splurge for the weekend and then take the exogenous ketones does it effectively put you into ketosis? Um, if you were to read your ketones, it would possibly show that you're in ketosis, but you're not burning your own. You're just taking in ketones to, to help your body get, get there. Right? Right. But you got to ask yourself, what's the point of that? Mm -hmm. You know, really. It's about compliance and commitment. It's about understanding your body and all the good things you're doing because keto is not a diet. It is a lifestyle, and it's a commitment to a lifestyle that says, I want everything in my body to work the way it's supposed to, work mm -hmm. really well. Mm -hmm. um, even the things that are damaged from yo-yo dieting, um, for me, it's, of course, hormonal. It's um, the overuse of antibiotics and mm. steroids and, in the 80s and the, those kinds of things. They break us. That hurts our, us um, in our metabolism and our uh, metabolic structure. So keto actually can help to um, heal a lot of those things, a lot of the pathways that get shut down in our bodies, the sensors that and the hormones that are are not working so well mm -hmm. as we move through the commitment of keto, a lot of those things will correct themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, can you speak a little bit to, I guess, maybe some of the um, other health benefits you've experienced from keto? Um, we had a guest on actually yesterday and we were just talking in general about um, insulin and insulin's effect on the body. Mm -hmm. um, and then so anytime we have sugar in the bloodstream, we're releasing insulin to try and handle right. that. Right. Um, and just the presence of insulin um, puts us into the uh, fight or flight stress response, sure. the sympathetic state. Mm -hmm. um, presence of insulin has been shown to um, prevent the body from burning fat. Mm -hmm. um, so I just am curious yeah. to know, uh, since adopting that ketogenic diet, have there been other health benefits that you've observed? So one of the... Um main benefits I, I feel I'm getting is that um, I don't get sick like I used to get sick. Um, one of my best examples is a year, a year ago, a year and a half ago, 
Christmas time, flu was everywhere, and I'm in a medical office, so of course, you know, we see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And that we all took left for our Christmas break, and I hadn't had my flu shot yet. And I had just discussed with my doctor, I'll get it as soon as we get back from Christmas. And that very night, I came down with the flu. <laughs> well, I didn't know it until we got back from Christmas, but half the office was sick with the flu. Mm-hmm. Well, I was sick for one and a half days, and I was back on my feet and felt great. Everybody else in the office sick. And I had the type A, which was the highest, uh, uh, worst, worst flu. Everybody else in the office was wiped out for two, three weeks. Oh, wow. They were so sick with the flu, and I didn't have, I didn't have any problem. So I believe that my immune system is stronger mm-hmm. um, for that, for being on keto. And that was an eye-opener for me, and, and there's no doubt in my mind. Um, so I think that overall I'm stronger that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that I also do a little bit of intermittent fasting, um, and some extended fasting, and I think there's a lot of benefits to that as well. Mm. Same kind of thing. Um, so, it, but insulin, the issues of insulin is a very serious one, and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's the reason for our obesity. The number one reason why people are obese is insulin because right. of what the effects are on our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, just thinking about you know diabetes as kind of the ultimate manifestation of, of mm-hmm. insulin resistance and yeah. insulin um, just being far too high for the body to handle. Right. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of different complications that result right. from diabetes. Exactly. So, well, and, it, and really what it's resulting from is insulin, mm-hmm. right? So when people, when people are diagnosed with um, diabetes, they've been diabetic for a long time. But their numbers, their blood work numbers, hadn't got them to that number that says confirm, yes, you are. But they have been. They've been pre-diabetic for a long time. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's been going on in their bodies for a very long time. So the insulin, the way in which we approach that is we call it a progressive disease that there's no cure from. So we're going to try and keep it, he'll hold it back as long as we can. But with keto, there is a cure for diabetes, and I know people are probably going, what is she talking about? But I've seen it, I see it all the time. So you can reverse type two diabetes, and let's be clear, so type one is a whole different Mm -hmm. um, disease, so to speak. So type two diabetes can be reversed. You can get your numbers down, you can actually get off all the medications and live a good healthy life. But because of the way we treat diabetes, we start with medication, right? And then um, eventually you have to have more medication because mm-hmm. of the insulin resistance, because the insulin's not doing what it's supposed to do because the blood, the, um, blood sugar's so high. What we really do is treat our blood sugar. Mm-hmm. That's the symptom. We don't treat why is it high, right? right? So insulin gets higher and higher. We take more medication, more insulin. And the problem is, is when the blood, uh, when the blood sugars are that high in your uh, system, they are attacking your eyes. They're attacking the kidneys. They're attacking the liver. We end up with fatty liver. Um, often uh, kidney, chronic kidney disease comes from that. Um, blindness, amputation. We get neuropathy. The little vessels in our bloodstream start getting clogged up and heart. Mm -hmm. So many, many people that end up with diabetes end up with the heart problems. Right. right? So Now you'd mentioned um, intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and some extended fasting. Mm -hmm. Can you speak about that a little bit? I can do a little of it. Um, (laughs) I, 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 yeah, yes. So um, I thought that was something I would never be able to do. Um, So I had some people in the office, some of the employees, and we decided we were going to try it. I have a, one uh, person in particular that fasts all the time for uh, religious reasons. And so we started studying up on fasting and decided we'd go for it. But we were going to just do it a day at a time, see how, how far we could go. Well, the three of us ended up doing a seven-day uh, fast. And I have to say it was really a wonderful experience. Um, you really get in touch with your body. You really get to a point where you can start listening to what's really going on. Is that hunger? What happens if I get hunger? You know, uh, 
you don't die if you get hungry. You get a little uncomfortable rumbling in your stomach, but it's all good. Um, it was really a good experience. So I've done two extended fasts, um, one eight day, one seven. But mostly I just do intermittent fasting. And so for me, that's a, a certain window of time that I eat every day. It's a feeding time. For me, it's eight hours. So 16 hours a day, I, I don't eat anything. I can have coffee, I can have water, and I can have um, some broth. Um, I usually use the broth to get some sodium in there if I'm feeling like I need a little extra sodium. But otherwise, um, and what I find is my window usually ends around noon, but it's often two or three o'clock before I eat. So I really mm -hmm. go a little longer than that. So you're going like 18 or 19 yeah. hours. Yeah. And, you know, again, there's a lot of information out in the world about fasting. Um, I have one source that I trust for everything fasting. Um, others are very good and people know, but if I don't know for sure, I go to that one source because he's fairly renowned for all his work with fasting. Um, and he has a huge clinic and people can, are going to for help with not just keto, but for fasting. That's his thing. Mm -hmm. um, and his name is Dr. Jason Fung. And uh, he has a great organization up, up in uh, Canada. Okay. So, yeah, I, I believe in fasting. Um, fasting, once you get past a certain time, they used to say it was 16 hours. Everybody says something different. But the, the idea of it is when you reduce the digestive process, when your um, digestive system gets to rest, when you're not pumping insulin out or doing all that, um, your body gets to come in and kind of clean up and do some things. So there's mm -hmm. there's things like they call it mTOR and autophagy. These are, these are means in which your body cleans its dead cells out, which allows mm. the good cells to multiply and get healthier. And so th that's all the benefits of fasting. Right. Um, but I don't go too far that way. I just try to stick to a 16, uh, eight most days. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, because when a lot of people come to me and they're, I think I might try a fast, or yeah. I've been reading a lot about fasting. Um, I think it's just important to kind of um, put into context, you know, if you are somebody who's eating, you know, we think every four hours is kind of the standard. Um, but a lot of people are maybe eating more often than that, mm -hmm. or they're snacking between meals, right. or they're doing other things that are increasing their blood sugar significantly exactly. in between those times. So whether it's, um, you know, sipping on sodas, mm -hmm. eating candies, yeah. um, and then even something like potato chips, or, you know, a lot of times people are just thinking that it's sweets. I think now people are learning more that those starches, those carbohydrates, those are going to elevate your blood sugar as yeah. well yes so people that are just sitting there like eating potato chips or mm -hmm. whatever they're also not only getting those bad fried foods <laughs> right but um right. but they're cranking up their blood sugar over and right. over and they're and they're also causing their digestive tract to continually be working mm -hmm. right even if you're eating keto i mean a lot of people do keto and they eat every hour or two and they're sure that they need to that oh it, but that's called snacking that's called habits. That's called um, sometimes emotional issues or boredom, right? So you have to deal with that as well. Even with keto, um, mm -hmm. the whole idea of keto is you eat when you're hungry and then you don't eat again until you're hungry. But you have to ask yourself, am I really hungry? A lot of times we'll, you know, a couple hours later you think you're hungry, but you're really not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a glass of water, sometimes a carbonated beverage like a water, a Topo Chico or something like that. And that'll take you right on by it. You're not really hungry. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way you're really hungry two hours after eating um, eggs and bacon. It's, just, <laughs> it's not going to happen. There's right. no carb there. So, right. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, just this element of, you know, looking at how long you're going in between meals or snacks mm -hmm. and just working to extend that period. Right. So if you're somebody who's eating every four hours and maybe snacking in between or doing right. these other things, the idea of then fasting for 16 hours is going to be pretty alarming. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, <laughs> so, yeah, and, I, and I, I, this is the funny part. I always tell people, especially if they're just coming in um, or just starting to get them into ketosis and all, they always want to know about fasting. Mm -hmm. I always say, it's a great thing to do, and you're going to get a lot of benefit from it, but 
<laughs> let's first just get you settled into the foods you're eating mm. and how you're feeling with those foods and start to listen to your body a little bit. And then we're going to do some fasting a few weeks down the road. And it never fails. They'll come back in the next week. And, well, I, I went ahead and started fasting. The problem with that <laughs> is that you, there's steps. you got to really understand what's happening in your body and how you're feeling. Um, but I think that fasting is super hard if you're a sugar burner. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to go through a lot of hunger pains and shaky issues and blood sugar issues, right? Right. If you are a sugar burner. So I think it's always best if you are going to do a keto diet, do it, get into it, really understand it. Um, even with keto, it's it, there's no requirement of breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's that We don't even know where that came from, right? Why do we eat three meals a day? Um, breakfast is really just breaking your fast from sleeping and getting up in the day. So breakfast could be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, right? There's no time frame. It's 8 a.m. i got to have my breakfast. So it's understanding that you eat when you're hungry mm -hmm. and no snacking. I mean, there, we all have those occasions where... Time-wise, we get a little off and we, we feel like we need something. But for the most part, it's not a snacking program. It's a eat. But eat. Eat wonderful, delicious, whole foods. It's, it's the best, really. Right. It's the best way to eat. Yeah. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. Can you speak a little bit to maybe some of the common obstacles that you observe in uh, the people that you're coaching um, or yourself, if you want to mm -hmm. offer that too. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting that now you've had um, almost a decade of experience with coaching other people mm -hmm. through these diets. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just curious, like maybe what are some of the common obstacles and uh, solutions yeah. <laughs> that seem to so, appear a lot? So what I hear the most is, well, it, it was my birthday. Like somehow that, you know, <laughs> made it, there's something connected to having cake for your mm -hmm. birthday, right? Or um, somebody made this special thing for me and I mm. didn't feel like I could say no, right? Um, it's, it's social pressures. You're out with friends and they're all drinking and they're all, you know, there's beer time and it's, you know, junk food time. And those are really hard times to get through, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So um, so for things like your birthday, to me, I try to help them understand that it's about gathering with people that you love and spending time. Start connecting. Start talking to people instead of uh, enjoying this piece of cake. They can still eat the cake, but you can still enjoy them. Have something that you like with you. So, yeah. you know, it could be a Topo Chico. It could be some salami and cheese. It could be, be a keto-friendly birthday cake. It, well, that's <laughs> it for sure. But most people aren't going to go to that that extreme. Um, but yes, there's um, if there's if it's a craving, it's yeah, make yourself something that you really like as a special treat. Um, mm -hmm. There's keto cookies and keto muffins and keto everything, right. and the recipes are easy and they're really quite good. So yes, if you needed to do that, but I I always like to point out that food's just food and the real idea of celebrating is to celebrate the person right. or whatever's going on there even at the holidays it's about enjoying enjoying your family and your friends and you can still have food there that you love and enjoy it's not like you're in any means um, uh, not able to eat most of it right right so even potatoes I mean there's Cauliflower mashed potatoes, I'm telling you, it's pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I just think it's interesting. You really touched on something that I think all of us can identify with. And it's that, yeah, at those times of celebration or holidays, um, Christmas, Thanksgiving, yeah. it's almost like we have a 
I don't know. Because I know even for myself, I feel compelled to like eat a lot. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, Or on your birthday, you feel like almost compelled to splurge and do something that you wouldn't normally do. Um, So I think it kind of speaks to uh, something that you mentioned a little earlier, which is like our emotional connection with food. And maybe that there's um, uh, a certain point where the food is, is less about the calories or the satisfaction that we get from it or whatever. And it's more about the emotional satisfaction that we get well, I think when we are eating a huge amount of food. It's also about the um, poor me. Uh, I'm so deprived. Mm. Look at everybody else gets to eat that and I can't have it, right? So that's a word that we try to get rid of. It's not that you can't have it. You can. You can. You choose not to. Mm-hmm. Because and, it, and I think a lot of it comes down. For me, what helped me the most was understanding what's going on in my body. What, what's going to happen when I eat that particular food product that is going to turn to sugar in my body? What's going to happen? And once you start to really understand that, it's kind of like you, you, you're going this way, and all of a sudden you're going to go that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to go back. I don't want to... That one piece of cake is not going to be worth two days of getting myself straightened back out with my ketosis and getting back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, having gained water weight because of the, um, the carb factor, and then I, my kidneys have to get rid of that again. It's just not worth it. Um, again, if it's super important, then I bring my own keto stuff, for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah, in fact, we did that at Easter. I think I made... Um, uh, keto cheesecakes, little muffin-sized keto cheesecake, and they were delicious, and (laughs) I didn't feel deprived at all. Right. Yeah. So, and, you know, maybe that speaks to another thing, which is just uh, being prepared. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that's something that comes up no matter what diet you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to end up being a situation where – you're short on time and you're really hungry and yeah. all these pressures and all of these things and all of these excuses that you can make for yourself. Right. Um, and, and that's what they are. They're mm-hmm. excuses. So um, we go over that a lot. I, I have certain little products that I introduce to people. Keep this in your purse. Keep this in your desk drawer. There's no reason that you have to go ahead and eat that. And the bottom line is, if you don't have it, then you're going to be hungry until you get to where you can have some food, right? right? You are not going to pass out. You're, you know, you're not doing any damage to your body. In fact, if anything, you're doing yourself some favor to right. let your body just be hungry and uh, let that insulin really drop as low as possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And as you... It's always about prepared. Right. And you kind of had mentioned earlier, you know, that there's um, several different cultures that use fasting, whether it's in a religious sense or, you know, so it's something that, um, you know, here in the States, it's kind of becoming a fad now of fasting. Um, But the health benefits of fasting have been really long known by Mm -hmm. a lot of different cultures. Mm And um, we're, I think, one of the only countries that uh, really puts the emphasis on you know, eating as much as you want, being satisfied as much as you want, foods that are designed with really zero nutritional concerns in mind. They're exactly. really just designed yeah. to taste good and be satisfying. Right. To be addictive. Addictive. I mean, truly, they are, um, they're made to be addictive. Yeah. yeah. And the more we eat, um, the more we want of it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we never, uh, unfortunately, once you've gotten to a point where you're insulin resistant, maybe even sooner than that, once you, um, once you get there, your leptin breaks, right? The leptin mm-hmm. is your uh, hormone that says, oh, you're, you're, I'm satisfied, you're satisfied, you've had enough, you can stop eating. And that's the difference between somebody who does that and somebody who says, I just finished a gigantic meal, and it's an hour later, and I'm starving. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't know. They're, it's broken, right? right. And that comes from the insulin. The insulin is really the problem for the whole thing. I mean, it really, it, it is the reason so many things um, go wrong in our bodies because mm-hmm. too much insulin. Well, Jill, I am so grateful to you for coming Thanks and sharing all of this. Me. Do you have any, um, I guess, closing thoughts or inspirations for somebody who might be interested in trying out a ketogenic diet? Um, I think I would say 
to really do your research. Find someone who is successful with it. Get a buddy um, and really do your research because my, my concern now is that people, it's trending so much that people are doing this keto diet, but the first thing they do is they want to make all the cookies and the candy and the fat bombs and, and all these things. And it's, it's really about learning how to eat real food, whole foods, mm. and, and save those things for later. Really start getting in touch with what it means to eat this way and, what, and the ingredients in food. If I could say anything, it's about ingredients. So that's my other little pet peeve is that now, because it's so popular, we're seeing all kinds of things on the market, right? Mm -hmm. I just saw a commercial the other night for Slim Fast, Keto Slim Fast. I can guarantee you there's nothing keto about Keto Slim Fast. Right. I guarantee it. And why is that? Because it's going to be loaded with preservatives and chemicals, mm -hmm. and a lot of those things are not keto. Right. Um, so I always tell people, if you're going to do this, start looking at ingredients. If there's an ingredient you don't know, Google it up. I often stand in the grocery store and I'm Googling what is this and is it keto friendly mm -hmm. um, before I purchase it because um, the food companies have really uh, put a lot of things in our food that's not good. And now that everybody wants to go keto, so um, just buyer beware and really think about what you're doing. Make it important. Right. Um, I have a lot of things I show my clients that are the things that are approved. So there are some good things out there on the market that people are, are uh, putting out there, but okay, you got cool. it. Cool. Yeah. And I saw you have a big goodie bag with you. So maybe in our next podcast, okay. we can actually look at some that, of those I'd foods. love to share those and um, why they're good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting you mentioned the Slim Fast. Um, I'm sure that it's uh, loaded with the artificial sweeteners. I'm sure. Um, and that's something that I see really, really commonly right. in right. the different foods right. that are marketed for keto. Right. Um, they're actually going to contain the aspartame or acesulfame potassium. Dextrin, dextrose, yeah, all kinds of things. And that's not what it's about. It, keto is really about eating real food, mm -hmm. whole food. Um and that's really the reason we have so much trouble today is that processed food, industrialized food out there, everything, everybody wants something quick and easy. You buy these frozen things. So here's my other little uh, pet peeve. Cauliflower, right? Cauliflower rice, that's great. We like that. But then there became cauliflower pizza crust. Okay. So I hear this all the time. Oh, I bought this cauliflower pizza crust at the freezer in the freezer section. It's so great because they think they're doing something good for themselves. But when you really look at it, it's so loaded with preservatives and hidden sugars. Mm -hmm. And so it's not good. Right. But I did bring one that I will show to you in the next uh, podcast that okay, I really like. Yeah. Awesome. So are there any, um, you know, we know that the artificial sweeteners have a lot of problems with them. But, but there are, are there, some good ones. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about, I guess, what are the ketogenic friendly sweeteners that people can use? Okay. okay. So the, there's a couple that are the best. And so one would be stevia, preferably in a liquid form, because now you're getting just the pure stevia extract. Um, a lot of the little packets that we see in the restaurants and stuff, they have malodextrin and dextrose and some other things in it that they're not good for us. They're mm -hmm. actually carb, so they can act. You can get a blood sugar hit from that. Um, so stevia is good. Erythritol is good. It comes in several different forms. You can just buy erythritol; it's powdered. Um, it comes in a product. I believe they pronounce it Swerve. I could be wrong on that, but they comes granular or powdered. Great for baking. Um, and a lot of the recipes that we use in keto have the, a requirement for that. Um, monk fruit is also another good one. Okay. okay. There's a lot of them that can actually be high enough glycemic that, that uh, we get a hit from it. And once that insulin rises, then we're, our ketones go down. Right. Is there a way to know if you've spiked your insulin? Yes. I actually brought that with me today, too. Um, there's monitors you can get that, um, and I love my monitor. It does both glucose and ketones. So it just has a different strip that I use for, for what I'm looking for. And what's nice about that is um, the strips for ketones are about a dollar each, so you can get a little uh, container of those. Um, Amazon has them, and it's a really... Um, easy way to get it. But sometimes I like, I know I'm in ketosis. I don't necessarily need to know what level I'm at. But if I eat something 
I'm sensitive enough now when I eat something, I can almost tell an hour later, you know, I'm thinking that might have had something or my body reacted to it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it was necessarily bad. So I can do a blood uh, check right there, a glucose check and see where it's at. So that's, um, that's like so informative mm -hmm. and helps people to understand. It's like, for instance, wine. So wine is something that um, is allowed on, on keto. It's, you know, we have to be careful not to be abusive with it. But, you know, a glass of wine with dinner here and there. Some people get away with a glass every day. Some people don't. And how do we know? We have to test our blood glucose. And so I can get away with a five-ounce glass of red wine pretty much every night. It's hard for me to only drink a five-ounce <laughs> glass of wine, so I have to be careful. I tend to um, try to keep my wine drinking to the weekend, and often just if I'm out with friends and uh, we're having a meal or just out to have a drink, then that's when I'll do my wine. So I'm not drinking every day. It's also empty calories. And, right. You know, Right, and the other negative effects of the alcohol, but whatever. Well, the, and, and in a keto kind of a lifestyle, the other negatives are things like uh, lowering your resistance to stay on program. So you have some wine, and then all of a sudden you're looking for something yummy to eat with it, and depending on where you're at and what's going on, you, you might well eat some things that you wouldn't normally eat. Right. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. So... Where would you say, um, you know, for people who maybe are listening that have also done a lot of the yo-yo dieting, mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you can do to help, um, I guess, repair the body after a lot of yo-yo dieting? Keto. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Now, keto will repair a lot of that stuff. In the keto process, you will, um, you can actually improve your metabolism. There's not another way to do that. But through eating in a good, clean keto lifestyle, you're, you're going to be able to add more food and metabolism will come up for sure. Wow. Um, and, and so many other things. So autoimmune issues, which are all linked to, you know, the, the sugars, the preservatives in our foods and all. Once you get all that out of there, um, people are, are seeing um, benefits in a lot of their uh, autoimmune issues, mm. um, things like uh, PCOS. They're using that now for it. It's good for um, uh, neuro kinds of issues. A lot of people with depression suffer with even uh, bipolar are looking into using a keto lifestyle of course, with their doctors, uh, you know, would never recommend somebody just go off all their medications, but get with your doctor and, and uh, find um, how, how you do that. Same mm -hmm. with even type 1 diabetics now are using ketogenic, um, but again, I would never recommend a type 1 just trying it on their own. They need right. to get with the doctor and start really uh, looking at how to move into that so that they can get off some of their meds. Right. Um, epilepsy, that's what it was first for, 1920s. They used keto diet for um, children with epilepsy. So, and today, more than ever, now wow. we're using it. Yeah, so. I know somebody that's been doing a ketogenic diet to handle her epilepsy yeah. for like so several years now. To control it, absolutely. So what does that tell you? I mean, there's so many links to that. Cancer now, big, big research going on with cancer using keto. Um, in, in lots of ways. So you might, you, if, you're, if you're keto adapted in nutritional ketosis and you have to go through chemo, what they're finding is they don't need to do nearly as much chemo. Mm. They don't, uh, you don't have to do it as long. And uh, the benefits, the, the results are faster um, if you're um, keto adapted. However, you know, there's very few hospitals out there that will feed you keto, right? So right. <laughs> I don't know how you have to find the place that... that oncologist, etc. And they're out there now. And there's more and more research being done on it. it used to be a place in North Austin. It was a, a sanctuary for dogs. And they set it up to, to um, just for that very reason. So they went to kill centers and they got dogs who had cancer, lots of um, different kinds of cancers. And they brought them in, they, had, they signed them over to them. And they brought them into their center, and they fed them a ketogenic diet, as well as other protocols to go along with it. But the ketogenic was a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, 
and they cured, I think it was 12 of the 15 dogs were actually cured. Oh, wow. Yeah, cured. I mean, completely gone. So we know there's applications. It's about getting getting more and more research, uh, more and more trials, um, understanding. It's not just about going on a keto diet and you'll never have cancer. It's about applying that nutritional process to the other things that they do with um, these protocols to heal people. There's a wonderful organization, a woman whose young son had brain cancer. And um, she's, I, I should have brought the name of her, maybe I'll pass that on for uh, notes, but um, she was determined to heal her, get her son healed. So she wanted him on a ketogenic uh, diet. She had done her research. And in working with the team of all the specialists and the oncology group, they found a way to, to do that. And he survived and is wow. alive today and wasn't supposed to live. So we know there's so much now. It's exciting to see all the things um, that are, are, are coming about because of uh, this way of eating. Right. We know the processed foods, the chemicals, the sugars, the wheats are not good. I mean, think about wheat and soy. Everybody, everybody gets excited because they see something that says it has soy in it. Soy is GMO'd. It's not good for us. Mm. Um, so it's about understanding that. Um, right. yeah, it's an exciting time. Well, thank you so much for Thanks joining for me here me. today. It was lovely chatting with you, thank and you. Um, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. I truly hope that you have enjoyed this podcast, and I hope that you are feeling empowered to maybe try out a different diet or even consider trying a ketogenic diet. Thank you again for being here. I hope you will join us again soon and maybe consider supporting us on Patreon to help us continue creating this content. Thank you so much for listening and join us again soon. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.